Welcome back to another episode of Music Sucks and I Want to Die. My name's Jake. I'm Matt. Today is going to be fucking fun. Get your 211s out. That's right. we got some bad music for you. Oh, man. We're going to be discussing the worst bands of all time. We've each picked one. There are many worst bands of all time, yeah. I think. Well, there's one we should get out of the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's start at the very beginning here. We're going to talk about... We talked about this in episode nine, I believe. Hardest Artist Downfalls. And this would be the band... Chicago. They've been around for 50 years. I think it's actually like 52 or three years now. I feel like they're never going to die either. They're never going to be like another member that (laughs) still keeps it going. (laughs) Exactly. And they just keep putting out albums. Do you have a clip of Chicago 36 pulled up? I can pull it up right now. So this band was once good, probably. I think so. They had like really cool creative albums. Chicago's one and two are both really good. Five is really weird and cool. It starts getting kind of bad after that. They have like a brief resurgence in the 80s of like cheesy power ballads, which for me work. I think Matt hates them. Yes. <laughs> but um, after that, how, what? I don't, <laughs> so that I think like 17 was the last thing you can even call competent. And we're playing a clip off number 36. <laughs> Wait, what's the name of the song? It was like Naked in the Garden of Allah. I don't really want this on my search history. I know you don't. All right, shall we? Yeah, fire it up. Can't do it, dude. You can't do it. Do you need more? Skip to like one minute. Oh. I know. I'm sorry. It's just gotta get to the chorus. I don't know where it is. Oh my god. <laughs> Good thing we skipped. We are discontent. We are better. <laughs> we are broken. We are How long is this fucking verse? I don't know. <laughs> Thanks for making me skip to that. Yeah, that was worth it. Yeah, so I love um, music. This band is ass crack and has been for 25 years, and somehow they keep making music. Yes, I would say objectively the worst band. Yeah, I don't band. think we can really argue that. So, I, with getting that out of the way, <laughs> Chicago being by far the worst band of all time, we're going to talk about bands that actually matter and are like currently famous. Yeah. Or I guess currently being a you know relative well, word, but things are have been down, but yes, have yes. sold tons of albums at least contemporary popular artists. Yes, there we go, and um, we're gonna basically just try and poop all over them because th- we fucking hate them. Yeah, um, our criteria for judging them on their worst bandness is that they just suck. Yep, we really hate listening to them. <laughs> they are bad at what they do. Yeah, that was the criteria exactly. So. We're not going into some huge depth. We're not putting out a research paper on this. If you disagree with our opinion, you can go fuck yourself. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I don't ever want to listen to these bands ever again. Yeah. After this. And I actually had to listen to like 15 of songs of my band. And I think I hated every second. Every second. It's funny how like, like we both picked a band. We both were like, these bands suck. And then we had to sit down and listen to it. And it's like, opinion hasn't really changed. They Maybe I hate them more now, <laughs> um, but there's no like hidden meanings or anything in their music. I'm not like, you know, because sometimes you're like, oh, I hate that, like that hit song. And then it's like, but check out the album, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, oh, OK, it's kind of good. It's not good. It's not good. And well, yeah, let's start with. I'll go first. Yeah, let's start with yours, because my uh, I just can't do it. I need a break from Chicago. 
Well, who'd you pick? Since the dawn of time, Mm -hmm. white people have been stealing music from black people. Yes. And no band has done it as terribly, horribly bad white boy blues as the Black Keys. Yeah, baby. This is... Yeah. I'm going to confess, I actually have never in my mind like never actually heard their music you i'm sure probably i probably have, have yes but like i've never put the face to the name or whatever you know what i mean so i'm gonna i'm kind of along with the ride with you listeners at home i'm gonna be uh processing this in real time uh they were formed in 2001 in some shithole in ohio i think i don't really know i don't really care um it's two dudes i think one of those names is dan i don't know he plays guitar and sings the other guy plays drums okay so they're doing that whole like duo blues rock thing okay now the easiest comparison is to the white stripes who did the exact same thing although white stripes uh predated them by like four years i think okay um but they're both part of that like kind of garage rock revival i'm not really going to get into like them versus the white stripes even though i could have a lot to say about that um but the black keys Sellout isn't even the strong enough word for this. Um, like, em- embarrassing commercial regurgitation? Something like yes, that? Yeah. Yes, because they're like, okay, we're a garage rock blues band. Sure. And it's like, they don't have to be like, you know, down home kind of like, just sitting like playing acoustic guitar kind of shit. But yeah. like, just like every decision that was made in the songwriting process is so terrible. And to make it worse, their attitude is generally like, well, music sucks these days, and we're here, like, trying to, like, save oh, it. Oh, they're saving blah, it? Blah, 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 blah. Oh, man, they're the, they're the messiah of blues. Is that what they're going for? Essentially. Okay. So I'm going to start with Lonely Boy off El Camino. Fantastic. Let's do it. <sighs> So that's not the White Stripe. <laughs> well, it's got like 50 more tracks than that's, any White Stripe song true, yeah. yeah, that's the difference between them and the White Stripes, at least in the first, is like, they're clearly going for the shitty garage blues, blues rock yeah. production as a means to try and like sell more records There's, or like whatever. I could, like point by part, even at the very beginning, that so that is like you can tell it's like a whammy pedal or something, yeah, yeah. which is fine, but it's just got like you can hear like the digital sweep. Of I it. absolutely heard that, and I'm like, why didn't you just use like a whammy bar or something? If yeah, you're gonna like, if you're gonna do that, it I doesn't mean, have to go down that far if you use a whammy bar. It doesn't. No, yeah. um, I mean to me the whole thing is like, yeah, we're playing this really garagey blues rock, but everything is so like pristine and digital sounding. Yeah, while at the same time, like the vocals have like that kind of clipping, like yes, fake, fake clipping yes, effects. Yeah, it's like. And we'll see this more on the other song, next song too. But like, just like, I can just imagine how like carefully they like picked all the tones for each part. We're like, sure. Okay, yeah. we need a little like slap, uh, slap back reverb kind of sound on this, and then this part will have a nice fuzz, and then yeah, and they're, the other... they're four producers in the yeah. yeah in the boardroom or whatever. They're right. fucking the council chambers. <laughs> And then, like, when the backup vocals come in on the chorus, it's like, oh. Well, that's that was what caught me in, in a weird way, because this mix was very um, 
I don't want to say mono, but very focused on the stereo image, at least in my headphones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, then when the chorus hits, it's clear that you've jumped like three decades. Yes, right. It, it was like bizarre. It's like no transition to it either. Just all of a sudden, here's yeah. the rest of the stereo image. It, exactly. <laughs> and it's like you just dropped an anvil on your chorus, you know, nothing else even happened. And like, that's another difference for me between like the White Stripes and um, mm-hmm. this band is based literally off this one minute or however much you played is Jack White would have had some sort of little thing in between or sure, would have yeah. had a he would have created like a little different progression going to the course, yeah. like even on like fucking seven nation army. Mm-hmm. Right. I agree. And like as obnoxious as Jack White is like <laughs> he does record everything to tape. Yeah. Like. He, he sounds cares. like it. He, like he cares about the music he's trying to yeah, produce. Yeah, that's the aesthetic. It's like they're both ripping off old booze artists, but like <laughs> I feel like, you know, Jack White or Led Zeppelin or any other band that's kind of does it. Blues yeah, influence. Yeah, they yeah. like find their own voice. This to me is just like, what if we did it but made it lame? <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, it fucking worked for them. It really did. So we're going to move on to Howlin' for you. Uh-huh. Really just listen to his uh, vocal delivery. I think it shines. Oh, cool. It is very soulful this... and bluesy, and I love it. Mm, this is going to make me feel Yay. good inside. Yeah, music's awesome. Is that the most obnoxious fuzz Ooh. tone you've ever heard in your life yeah. in, like, the left ear or whatever? Yeah, if I'm kind yeah of it's, in, it's in my right, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah. since that's the right side of my earphones, then I'm technically correct. Yeah, but probably. But this, it, <laughs> it, it was very confused. Or very confusing to me, sorry. I, I don't know how you pinch a guitar that thin and make it, like not want to kill yourself in like the engineers mixing studio yeah i mean and that's what i was saying it's like they're very like oh we need this kind of tone for this and like i appreciate that but to me it comes off as so just like what if we had just a nasty little fuzz thing yeah and then like the tremolo guitar in the other ear yeah and and it's weird (laughs) it's weird his vocal delivery really makes me want to die oh no like i forgot what line it is i know like backphrased a little and it's like well, it was uh, like a it was like a different cadence to the line. Yeah. It ended up in the first part of the next one, and it, it was like, <laughs> if you're gonna do that, you have to sound like not an asshole, right? I mean, and so this one, I this album, I think came out before the one from the one we just listened to, and it's very obviously like a Howlin' Wolf kind of tribute sure, thing. I mean, because yeah. I mean, and I mean, I guess it may be all the old blues people because it's a little more stripped down. Yes, it's yeah, so a pretty least, pretty thin yeah, uh, production wise. There was yeah. still that like backup vocal like yeah. girl that really mixed deep in there <laughs> but, yeah. god i hate that yeah, yeah. but even the cover i mean i know it's like a tribute to it but i don't know if you know the howlin wolf album that he did with like all the um experimental like kind of rocky I'm psychedelic like shit familiar yeah so there was like a weird story behind it but essentially howlin wolf did it and he, i don't think he really liked it that much and so the record company was like, this is the album, the Blah Blah album by Helen Wolf. He hates it, but we think it's great. Uh-huh. And the cover to this is, this is an album by the Black Keys. The name of the album is Brothers. And it's like the same font and like everything. And it's like, God, I hate these people. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're just like bad people, maybe. It seems that way. And yeah. they're just so bad, like. I don't even care that they're ripping it off. I just care that they're doing it so poorly and generically. Yeah, dude, I, I can but, listen to rip-offs all day. Yeah. I love rip-offs. It happens. Whatever. Even if you want to, you could call it an homage or a tribute. 
Uh, but I, like, dude, yeah. this is embarrassing. You also mentioned you're like, oh, I heard this one. As I have heard to this it. one. Yeah. What's well, funny because I looked this up. This song actually has its own Wikipedia page. Yeah. How Lynn for you is featured on the soundtrack of the EA Sports video games NHL. 11, NHL Slapshot, and Need for Speed Playback. The song is featured in the films and in TV commercials for The Dilemma, Limitless, The Golf Trip, Moneyball, Dark Shadows, Sinister Gangster, and Deadpool. It is used as a theme song to the Australian police drama TV series Cops LAC, and has been featured in American television series CSI Miami, Detroit 187, Entourage, Once Upon a Time, Prime Suspect, Chuck, Jesus Necessary Roughness, Sluts, Christ. Lucifer, Secret Diary of a Call Girl, oh and the Chicago Goad, Code. MLB's Toronto Blue Jays used it as their home run song, oh my God. and the NHL's Arizona Coyotes uses it as their goal song. Jesus the song Christ. was also featured in NBA 2K14 and The Crew 2. Man, they got some... <laughs> dude, they got some shmoney out of this, man. <laughs> like, I just, like... Again, like, good for them. Like, Yeah. But, like, th- I'm like... They're getting checks on the weekly. I can't believe how sellout he is. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Like, well, it's, it's all about that chorus on that respect. It is. Yeah. It's so generic and everyone's just like, I love sports. I love yeah. blues. I love slapback on my courses. Yeah. Ugh. I only have one more brief thing to say on this next okay. song that we're going to play because okay. I'm I, you're fucking done. Well, I just, like every fucking song's the exact same thing. Like, I, yeah. <laughs> except, <laughs> except sometimes they're not ripping off blues people. They're ripping off classic rock songs that have come before it. Okay. So we're going to play a little bit of Breathe by Pink Floyd. Oh, okay. Like the original. Mm-hmm. Okay. Here's, here's Breathe by Pink Floyd. cool like yeah it's pink, it's floyd. pink floyd and you know. um i mean i was taken immediately by how much better produced it is in like the 60s i know or right? whatever this song came it's from out. dark side so yeah yeah um so this is weight of love by the black keys <laughs> oh no I can say about that. It's the exact same shit. Like, it's not the fact that they're using an E minor day. Yeah, because that's like yeah. that's a million songs, but like to use it in the exact same way. At yeah, very it, close tempos. At like very close tempos, very close beats, and um, it's not that it's an exact copy of the sound, but that like whistle overtone yeah, thing yeah. is very Floydian. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. It's like you guys just rip off everyone, don't you? Yeah, dude, they, I mean, they leave. They don't care what bodies they leave in their wake, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Why would they care? They have fucking video game placements. They got movie placements. TV show placements. Apparently, it's working. Yeah. So that is why I think the Black Keys is the worst band ever. Yeah, because they what steal music from black people and make it bad. Yeah, and yeah. then they make a lot of money out of it. And then they make a lot of money. Yeah, and they're very commercially successful. Yeah, and they, apparently they're assholes about it. Apparently, that sucks ass. That band sucks. So my band. Quick intermission oh. though.
Well, Jake, well, I'm glad we took that 30-second intermission to change clothes and get different drinks. That's right, yeah. It totally isn't 30 hours later. We, anyway. needed, a fu- <laughs> we, we needed a fucking break after listening to the Black Keys. And after this, we're going to need, like, a cold shower or... A suicide attempt. A suicide attempt or several Miller High Lifes, the champagne of beers. Why, yes. Uh, so, you did the Black Keys. Oh, man, I'm getting we're, a little, like panicked yeah. about what you might getting a bit of a get of a fever here disco fever yeah yeah yeah, yeah. we're talking about the single worst band to ever happen except for chicago and that's called panic at the disco no it's panic at the disco yeah the exclamation point really sells it for me so panic at the disco is fucking abysmal Every song they've ever made until 2016 sounds exactly the same. And in 2016, they managed to make it sound worse. <laughs> We're going to get there in a minute. But uh, just, I guess, if you want any background information, as if you cared, it was started by some random asshole named Brendan Yuri from Las Vegas, Nevada. I like Brendan Urin. Yeah, good one, dude. So in 2005, they released their first album and it instantly went triple platinum. I hate my life. I hate my life. Why don't you go ahead and play something off of that first album? Right. A fever you can't sweat out. Why is all these song names so fucking... Well, I can't even tell you what the name of the song is. It goes <laughs> past, d- like, what yeah, Spotify yeah. shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> all right, here we go. Here we go. Sit tight, I'm gonna need you to keep time. Come on, just snap, snap, snap your fingers for me. Good, good, now we're making some progress. Come on, just tap, tap, tap your toes to the beat. And I believe this may call for a proper introduction. Well, don't you see? Well, that does sound like 2005. It really does. They were the hallmark of that weird, I guess, emo, not quite emo, but like very dense production. Kind of like the production. N- newer emo, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. new emo. That's, that's our... New mos. You're done. So, uh, this is a really dense everything mix. Yes. This is a very dense everything structure. There's just a lot of production shit happening all the time. And that kind of defines their sound, which I guess isn't a bad thing inherently. Well, this is like Loudness Wars era, too, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, this is like yeah. mid-Loudness Wars, yeah. So, yeah, I'm sure I can I can picture what the fucking uh, file looked like right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Is it just a fucking black bar? It that is like a black that? bar, yeah. yes. So, this is a bad song. It's <laughs> it, I don't even know. So, the thing is, like, there's interesting things in the songs. Like, there were cool, like, little guitar voicings here and there. There were the progressions not inherently awful. It's hard to like notice these things though on first listen, yeah, because of how dense it all is. Yeah, and it's not in a so good fast. way. Though. It's moving so fast. It kind of reminds me of a lot of like, uh, I guess like Japanese rock where it's like super dense and yeah, very cluttered yeah. in the mix. It's a lot different than something like Stevie Wonder where it's like on repeated listens you're like picking out more and more things that you might not have noticed before. Yeah, but it's like still good the first time well, you hear it that's the thing on a stevie wonder mix there's honestly just way more space too well there is but yeah just you know what i mean though like cause, i know you, you know mean, yeah. they'll have bands with like very little things in the background it's like it's all in there mm-hmm. this is like taking that idea and just pushing it all yeah everything front. is up your ass mm-hmm. at all times and we have to give a special mention to the fact that his voice is ass crack it's painful suffering I and the best part is, it. like, there's little things of auto-tune in there. Like, the dude can clearly sing. Yeah, sure. And it's just like, why would you add that so blatantly, I guess? I guess that was also kind of the sound at the time. Too. Was it? It kind I, of was, like, a lot of times they were just like, oh, auto-tune's a thing now. We can really, like, uh, T-Pain's full. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So why don't we just fucking move on to the next one? I don't even remember what it was because it's been, like, what, three whole minutes or something like that? Yeah, it's been about yeah. three minutes yeah, since right. we started not, not 30 hours. All right, this one's called We're So Starving off Pretty Odd, <sighs> oh, which I no, think is dude. their second album. It yeah. sure is. Oh, here we go. It's been so long 
sorry we've been gone. We were busy writing songs for you. It's like one of those things where it's like the Beatles had George Martin and that made it better. I don't know who these guys had. They had someone who I guess knew about music apparently and came up with this. Yeah. So this is the album opener off their next album. Oh, yeah. And it's like the idea is supposed to be is like the lyrics very clearly stays like we're still the same band. We're going to, you know, make this dope ass music for you. And it's still awful, very overproduced, lots of shit happening all the time. And there's, like, weird little extra bars, I guess, that are, like, yeah. cool, maybe. Sure. Yeah, I appreciate them trying, I guess. Yeah, and it just does not work. Nothing is cool. So was the fake crowd noise, it's more of a concept. Yeah, that's, it is. Is this, like, a concept album? I don't know. I didn't listen to the whole thing. Nah, that's fair. Didn't want to. Couldn't do it. Couldn't make it past his shitty voice. Couldn't make it past the overproduction. Couldn't make it past the ideas of stuff happening that don't mean anything i guess yeah i don't it is odd because like a lot of the bands around this time too i'd say these guys take it the farthest but all similar production style all sort of like they were trying to maybe be above like garage rock and that kind of thing you know for sure but it's like why (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so also when i hear something like this i think of pretty instantly with the dryness of the lyrics or like the very straightforwardness of it, like musical theater. Oh, yeah. And, and musical theater was very big in the mid 2000s. Well, I mean, have you seen their fan base? I have not actually. I don't know what their fan base is. Theater kids. Okay. The theater kids. So this, they're very like drama band. Yeah. What's that fucking their biggest hit? Uh, Thy Right Sins, Not Tragedies. Yeah. That one is very yeah. much. I didn't want to play that one because I Thank you. I couldn't suffer through it. So. This band sucks ass. What what else can we even say? Well, Jake, what I've learned from Panic at the sorry Panic at Panic. the Disco is that they sort of went through a transformation in recent years, mm-hmm. and now their style is much different. It is. So I guess we can jump forward in time now. This what we've been in two thousand five, two thousand eight. Now we're going to jump forward eight years to twenty sixteen, and we're going to play a track called High Hopes. I really don't want to. I hate You're this song You're going to fucking so play much. High Hopes, and I'm going to talk about something interesting with it and this next song. Is it really going to be interesting? No, but you're going to play it anyway. deep end you know i've noticed like a lot of bad like fallout boy and like death cut for cutie and like all the bands that were around back in like the 2005 era they're like now it's just a singer and a producer yeah even though they're still like a band but like there's no guitar or live drums or anything in there and it's like 
What happened? I mean, like, I guess, what did that happen to those guys? Yeah, are they even in the band anymore? Uh, I don't know. I don't know who was in the band or why. I mean, is it just the singer and, like, five producers? Yeah, I mean, it's got to be, for sure. Well, I mean, those are real horns, right? Yeah, definitely real horns. Uh, not samples from, like... Okay, so here's what I actually <laughs> wanted to talk about with this song, is his voice, to me, is reminiscent of a really, really good singer, but just dumbed down in the worst way possible. And that really good singer's name is Bruno Mars. Hmm. I think this is very Bruno Mars. Even the whole track itself is reminiscent of like, maybe they're trying to go for like a Mark Ronson, um, Bruno Mars sound because his voice can kind of do it, but just so white and shitty. Yeah. I can kind of see that. Yeah. Just like with the lines, like, Mm -hmm. you know, you can kind of hear that in like a locked out of heaven or something like that. Yeah. And to me, they're just like going for that sound super hard in a way that doesn't work. Well, I mean, I guess Bruno Mars is like the most successful like male pop singer at Ever, this point. Yeah. Or at that point. Well, yeah, yeah. Actually, I think this album came up before 24 Karat Magic, but he was already successful by then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But regardless, they're going for that sound. I guess like the Bruno, Mark Ronson, yeah. that era of pop for some reason. Like, I guess their identity was shitty before, though. So, yeah. But they were yeah. making, like, approximately $10 million. <laughs> What's with these bands? Can't they just, like, stop, like, hurting us? Yeah. Now that they have enough money at this point? I guess that's kind of a common theme with us, is we consider, like, bands to be worse when they keep going past their expiration date. Ew. Weird. Yeah, which is why Chicago is, like, our least favorite band of all time, probably. I, I was reminded, like, um, when I was playing the uh, Black Keys one earlier today. Uh, <laughs> that right. one song where like the chorus hits and then suddenly it's just like oh my god everything's in there oh my god that happened on the high hopes this drop this one yep. though was like on crack it almost like, hurt it did yeah. i just it was like noise was going through my ears yeah it, it was it was fucking stupid it sounds horrible but then again this is an era when people are not listening on headphones because on a phone speaker i bet that sounds more powerful and like mm-hmm. just because it's hard to get you know resonance out of a yeah out of a phone speaker how to get bass response whatever yeah. and that's what people engage with music with on their yep. these days yep not that we're old and bitter about anything at all um one thing i do want to talk about with this band is that they do try stuff whether for better or for worse and it's always for worse but they like try like concept albums or like weird songs with different structures than a normal rock song. That is true. And that's what this next song is. This is called off the same album. uh, This is called roaring twenties. Can I just take a moment before I play this? I just, what's the, I've never heard this, but the title is roaring twenties and I just know it's not going to be good. It's actually going to be, Hilarious, I think. I think it's hilarious. Let's try it. Here we go. Broadway is black like a sinkhole. Everyone race to the suburbs. And I'm on the rooftop with curious strangers. This is the artist of summers. Maybe you'll medicate, maybe inebriate. Situations I get anxious Maybe I'll smile a bit Maybe the opposite But pray that they don't call me thankless My telltale heart's a hammer in my chest Cut me a silk tie tourniquet This is my Roll me like a blunt? I want to go home. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, so Panic decided to rip off Electro Swing? Is that what's I going guess, on here? Yeah. They're like, they that's decided- one market we haven't tapped into yet. That's right. We can tap into like one of the worst genres in history, according to Vice. 
<laughs> that Vice article featuring Jake Seeley. Yeah, I'm I'm in that article. <laughs> I see your picture on it. Yeah, I'm in the I'm the thumbnail. Oh, yeah, oh of God. the yeah, oh, man, it's really pretty funny. fucking funny. But the song, there is something later on in the song that I want to try and get to, but I can't remember where it is because it's been like what three minutes since we took that break, mm. and like it's so embarrassing that I kind of want to just find it. Oh God. Let's just roll it and we'll just edit where it is in the shit. Did that live up to your expectations of embarrassing? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about the implications of going into halftime or, you know, breaking it down into like a six, eight meter. You know, I usually like that in music. I usually like it a lot. Yeah. It's usually pretty fucking badass when that happens. This has a no preparation, B, no release. So it has nothing. Yeah. They just get slow and it sounds shitty. Yeah. That actually sounds like shittier than the rest of the song, like just production wise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's the lazy part of it, yeah. apparently. I do not understand the motivation behind switching there. Like, does, is it supposed to make the last chorus when they go back in a full time hit harder? Because that didn't happen. Well, I think, too, part of that is because it's like all electronic. Like, I feel like even just having real drums in there, Ooh. just that feel, like a human feel of that. Yeah. But you know they just click like decrease tempo to this, Bam, or, or even know. like uh, like in a contact library, yeah, six eight loop, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like you can just feel it, and that's why it's just so like, ugh. yeah, it, it it makes me like hate my life. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, um, we have one more song. Yeah, yeah, we do. Yeah, so Panic at the Disco sucks my ass. We're gonna leave you out of this main topic by playing the theme to a movie that came out pretty recently with Hugh Jackman called The Greatest Showman, and I have never seen it. I'm assuming it's awful. But this song is worse than the movie could ever possibly be. Have you heard this yet? No. I've heard some of the songs from it. I don't know what's going to be worse, honestly. Ah, that's a good point. I've never heard the rest of the songs. Fire it up, dude. Get it? Carnival? Ladies and gents, this is the moment you've waited for. You've been searching in the dark, sweat soaking through the floor. And buried in your bones, there's an ache that you can't ignore. Taking your breath, stealing your mind, and all that was real is left behind. Don't fight it, it's coming for you, running at you. It's only this moment, don't care what comes after. Your fever dream, can't you see, getting closer? Just surrender, cause you feel the feeling taking over. It's lot to talk about with this well okay i should say this is the greatest showman reimagined album what's that mean so they took the soundtrack and then they had a bunch of artists cover each of the songs oh, okay so this isn't in the movie the song is but not there not the, yeah not this now, i don't know this particular song but the ones i have heard it's not so far off i mean it's got, not so far off the deep end well or? as far as like the, what the, how shitty this sounds okay. like i mean it's definitely got hugh jackman singing oh but uh is that better or worse than Pierce Brosnan and Mamma Mia? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but that musical is very like pop production y kind of thing. So this is like way more than what I've heard. 
as far as just like shit thrown in your ears, but yeah. it's also like eh, it's, it's along the lines. They, like they had pop musicians cover a pop musical, so it's sort of like okay. Yeah. So here's the things I want to talk about, or like the little details that suck ass. For instance, um, they have the verses are in C sharp minor, right? So at the you know throughout the transitions of the entire verses, they use G sharp seven to get back to C sharp minor. The last time through, they do B as a prelude to the chorus being an E, but it's super weak because they don't. Again, since it's a pop mix, there's not really that many chordal or instruments or anything. There's not enough except for one synth line, like kind of hitting the B in the middle. And then all of a sudden you're in a huge change and there's like cross relations between the last line of the verse and all that. And then you get to the chorus and it sucks ass and you're in like a one, one, five, six, four progression or something. And then they do this thing in the middle of the chorus, the second half of it, where they drop beat one and then hit on beat two. But it sounds like fucking shit. Why? Why does it do that? Because that's another thing I like in music yeah, is yeah. when you drop beat one and land on beat two of something. But it doesn't work here for. I think it's just so unnatural and just feels so like a robot. Yeah, is it doing feels it. robotic. You know, it's, it like takes away all of the feel. They, I mean, because even like the subtle sort of like tension leading into something like that mm-hmm. that the musicians are feeling. No, yeah, it's they'll up. they'll crescendo or even rush a little yeah, bit. Yeah, or whatever. You don't have any of that going yeah. into that. It's just like and that, and it's like a million computer like software instruments just all crash together yeah. oh that's like, true there's cool. like 90 instrument yeah. 90 tracks right at the front of your face with this yeah and i guess that's just kind of what i don't like about panic of the disco in general is that they're very everything. dense well everything yes. yeah but the density of the music without any like recompense for it mm-hmm. you know what i mean like there's no the density doesn't accomplish anything and they try to do like certain things like let's take that other song we played the album opener we are starving or whatever it was um there's all sorts of techniques you can use in songwriting, dropping beats, dropping phrases, uh, having adding an extra eighth note to the end of a bar, mm-hmm. but in the form of a break to make the next bar hits like yeah. super whack. But they just do them all wrong. <laughs> like not for the reasons they should be done. Like yeah. generally when you do that, you do that for a reason. You know what I mean? We didn't have people writing in odd time signatures for no fucking reason. It does seem like you were saying earlier, just like lifting from musical theater, because like yeah. musical theater obviously is notorious for that. Yeah, they but do that all the fucking time. But it's in service of in service what's of, happening. Yeah, in you service like, of script, timing. Yeah, yeah. And so it's like, it sort of has developed this sound, but when you just have a straight ahead pop song that you're throwing those elements into, like, I think it can work really well, but when you just willy nilly throw it all in there, it's like, okay... Hmm. This episode's been just like kind of just sad for me. Me too. I just kind of hate it. You've been listening to anything good? Yeah. All right, good. Well, here's the part where I have the Jake thing where I have to pronounce a name that I can't pronounce. That's right. Whatsoever. Usually I'm the one who finds music from God knows where in the world. I was listening Brace, to Brace Yourselves. Anwar Brahem. That's probably good. A oud player from Turkey. And his album, you heard it here first. Folks. We will write it in the description. Yeah. Um, it's uh, some words I don't know. Anyway, uh, similar to the guy you had mentioned. Robbie Abu yeah, yeah, yeah. So ECM guy. Another ECM yeah, with player? Yeah. Really? There can be more than one, apparently. <laughs> um, but all, There can be. <laughs> all original, um, you know, kind of like that Arabic and jazz mix uh but it's cool it's oud clarinet neigh and percussion this uh, sounds, love me I, some neigh yeah yeah uh, <laughs> this sounds actually kind of similar to blue camel yeah mm-hmm. um really i'd say it's a lot more spacey um okay it's almost like a continuous album there's not a lot of like breaks but mm-hmm. it's different songs but just long passages of each instrument playing solo and then they'll come together and like it's it's really cool kind of just like a meditative yeah put very, it on. very melodic i guess yeah, 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 yeah. Just very spacey and slow. Yeah. There's not a bunch of like exciting moments. Yeah, but it's all just like it, it's cool. Mm-hmm. It's cool stuff, man. <laughs> That's dope. Dude. How about you, sir? I've been listening to. If y'all know me, you know I love some '90s hip hop. Tribe Called Quest. Yeah. yeah. They're nasty. That's all you gotta say. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> I forgot the album name because it was like, you know. 30 minutes ago that we took this break and not 30 hours. So they're nasty. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to take 
Yeah, it's like, what is it, that song, Can I Kick It? Yes, you can. Yeah, so whatever album that's off of. Wow, <laughs> okay. Um, you got any rants besides everything we just listened to? Uh, I do. My rant comes in the form of positivity, which is something we desperately need after listening to Black Keys and Panic at the Disco for the better part of an hour. So there's this YouTube channel out there that I really love called Film Score Analysis. And it might be film music analysis, so I'm just going to look it up right now because I'm a stupid asshole. It is film score analysis. And what basically what they do is they analyze film scores uh, in very, very excruciating detail and put, like, practical notes on about it, too. So they'll have harmonic analysis and, you know, orchestration analysis, but also uh, how certain things tie into certain characters or why they chose these instruments in a mix or like interesting production details. And like, they also have like behind the scenes notes because they clearly have access to some of these things. Huh? I wonder who these people are. I know it's, it's pretty cool though. It's John Williams. It's John Williams. Well, interesting. It's the only, pretty much the only person they analyze on that channel is John Williams because in our era of film composing, I don't really know anyone that would be interesting to analyze on those levels. Oh, I can think of one who don't No, No, you can't. He was going to say Hans Zimmer. No. Oh, okay. Yeah, so Hans Zimmer is not interesting to analyze <laughs> harmonically. And that's just, that's not even like a dig against Hans Zimmer. That's just a fact. You know what I mean? He's not, he doesn't have these huge, uh, complicated chords interwoven with detailed orchestration. And I would like someone to analyze how many of his songs are in D minor so I can get a total ratio. I mean, I remember we were watching this movie on like Halloween several years Ender's ago. Ender's Game. Ender's that Game. That was good. Yeah, it was a really bad movie. Uh, but <laughs> I'll, I'll never forget the moment. I can't remember where it was in the movie, but then the song started playing in D minor on the soundtrack. And I'm like, this is in the theater. I was like, dude, this has to be Hans Zimmer. This is in fucking D minor. And then I think in the theater, you were so bored. You just pulled out your phone and he's like, this is. is Hans Zimmer. Every time. Yeah. Hans Zimmer sucks ass. We're going to have a whole episode dedicated to him. But anyway, this channel, Film Score Analysis, is goes into super detail and is pretty cool to watch. And all their videos are like kind of short, too, so you can actually kind of watch it. Hey. But also like huge paragraphs of detail of Ooh. things that actually make sense. Practical analysis of theory, as well as, you know, Oh, kind of like um, Adam Neely does. Yeah, exactly. Just like Adam Neely does. That seven levels of jazz harmony video will never, never cease to hurt my butt. Got any rats? Uh, similar. Mine's a positive recommendation. Let's hear it. Um, it's a, an Instagram channel, very similar kind of to what you're talking about, called Sessions on Air. Okay. And this guy has like basically no posts, um, but basically once or twice a day he'll go live, and so you can only listen to this stuff if you catch it when it's live. And for some somehow he has all the stems to like hundreds of classic songs. And so he'll sit there and he'll just be like, pick a song and he'll be like, okay, let's start with the drums. And he'll just play the drum track for a while and they'll kind of like groove out. He's like, cool, let's see what the bass is doing. And then like add them together and so on until he play the whole song. So he just does like two songs over a few hours. Um, but it's really cool because like, I don't know how he has all this stuff, but you can hear a bunch of cool shit in there. And like, it's really nice that he can just line up like bass and guitar. Let's see how they're interacting. Yeah. Um, like yesterday, I mean, earlier today when I was heading over here <laughs> to wow. do this episode. I like he, this commitment. He did a. Uh, a yes song and then a uh, at the drive-in song and it was, i don't know it was just like wow this guy is eclectic and he's got all this stuff and the best part unlike rick beato he hey. doesn't actually like talk about it that much when he's doing it oh he doesn't force his opinion on you i mean he'll like kind of be like oh that was sick or like oh, okay. oh let's check out that again but he's not sitting there like well he goes to the half diminished chord here you can tell and blah 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 <sighs> Like, <laughs> no theory shit in it. It's literally just like, check out this song. We can dig deeper into it. It's really cool. Um, he's only got like, well, last I checked, like 6,000 followers. But I could see him blowing up very soon. That'd be cool. Because it's cool shit. Yeah, I now have a rant thanks to you. Oh, good. Yeah, so my form, my rant comes in the form of Rick Beato. <laughs> I've only seen one Rick Beato video. And it was on recommendation from you, kind of. You told me to look for that series mm -hmm. where he dives into stems of pop songs or, yeah, you know, whatever. Yeah. yeah. And so I picked one at random uh, of a band I love a lot, which is The Police. And it was a song, Everything She Does Is Magic. Mm -hmm. The verse, uh, the progression is G and then, you know, A and then G over B and then A over C sharp. And then the choruses are in D and the end of the verses are in D. They're literally the core D. 
And at the beginning of the video, he's like, one of the three seasons I really like this song is because the whole song is in G Lydian. Uh, and uh, that's just really unique for me. And it's like, dude, it hits a D at the end of the fucking verse. And then in the choruses are five, one over and over. Uh, I would like, I've seen my fair share of his videos. I mean, like he, he knows his shit, but he also, it's like that boomer view, you know, like uh -huh. I've some of his theory videos. I mean, I don't watch them because it's all like basic shit anyway, okay. but like, it's definitely sort of like, mm, yeah, I guess you could say that, but, but why? It, yeah. The verses are in G lady and I, they're not dude. My favorite, like not favorite at all. Cause it's really annoying. Like I watched some video randomly. It was on like, I don't know. It's like harmonic minor flat two scale or something stupid like that. Uh -huh. And literally all he did is he played the scale and then he sat down and played like every single possible triad and four note chord you could get out of that. Okay. And it's like, why? That's not helpful. That's just like five minutes of you sitting there being like, okay, here's like C, F, and G. Now here's C, F, and A flat. Now here's C, G, and A flat. Like, that could just be like published in those guitar grimoire books or whatever. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. exactly what it is. It's yeah. like, unlock all the secrets of the blah, blah, blah scale. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, you're yeah, like, yeah. Whoa, I will never use any of this. <laughs> so he's, yeah, I mean, whatever. He, music YouTubers, man. Music YouTubers, not even them. once. Not even once. Not even once. I think that does it for us music YouTubers here at Music Sucks and I Want to Die. Yeah, let us know what your uh, least favorite bands of all time are and maybe we'll uh, not talk about it ever. Yeah, how about that? All right, my name is Jake. Matt. Bye. Can I kick it? Yes, you can. 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 Can I kick it? Can I kick it? Can I kick it? Yes, you can. Well, I'm gone. Can I kick it? To all the people.